0: Welcome to Proven Improbable, where we focus on metals, mining and more. I'm your host Maurice Jackson. Today we will highlight a world-class upstream oil and gas company. I'm speaking of Jericho Oil. Joining us today is Brian Williamson. He is the CEO of Jericho Oil. Mr. Williamson, welcome to the show, sir. Thanks Maurice, thanks for having me. Sir, glad to have you back on our show. I'd like to begin our discussion today at the 10,000 foot level and discuss the difference between big oil versus craft
1: oil. So most of the folks in the world that, that look at oil and gas have heard of all the large majors out there, your Exxons, your, your Exxon Mobils, your Gulf Oils, your Anadarcos, and, and most of the big ones around the world. What they haven't heard about are the smaller players who are focused. Um, on specific regions, specific areas like us where they know one play, one opportunity and they drive trend technology and development in some of the best plays in the in the world. It's just that they focus on that play, that opportunity, just like Jericho does.
0: Now how does Jericho Oil fit into the narrative of craft oil and the value proposition it presents to the market?
1: So we believe the value is all about understanding and delivering best-in-class results in a particular opportunity, in a particular play. Um, And in our world, the ability to find oil gets harder and harder every year. So what you want is to be aligned with a team that knows an asset, knows a region, and knows how to develop the hydrocarbons in that area. And at Jericho, that's exactly what we built a team geared around developing the stack, a team that understands, lives, and has breathed Oklahoma oil and gas development for the last 40 years. So to us, that local knowledge, that rock knowledge, that geology knowledge, that development experience, translates very, very well into success over success, successful after successful development program. But for Jericho, where the value started was almost on day one in the downturn. It was our ability to take that very deep technical knowledge that we get as being a craft oil company and executing on it by buying what we believe to be world-class assets in our region that we understand and what we believe to be discounts to what would be their normal market value. And now how you would see us fitting into it is the migration or the transition from the buying opportunity that existed for two and a half years to now the development opportunity that exists. So it's using those very specific, very focused technical skills to take from an acquisition standpoint to a development standpoint, this particular region, this particular play with this particular team. And you're starting to see that as we've moved in the higher prices in 2018, We've begun executing on that with the Wardroom Well, which was our first, um, and now our second well being the sword Spear, and then we will move on down the line.
0: You know, you referenced the use of optionality, and that was one of the virtues that attracted me to Jericho Oil. We discussed plays here briefly. Uh, just for someone new to the Jericho Oil story, please share the name of the plays that you have in Oklahoma.
1: Sure, so the, the, the most well-known play that we, that we focus on in Oklahoma is the stack plate. Um, and it's all about our opportunity to extract hydrocarbons from a known basin in a known field. So the Anadarko Basin has been around for maybe a hundred years and it was developed vertically. And the field was deemed drained and 90s where there was so you really know much not much left to do with it along comes the you know the development of horizontal drilling and lo and behold field after old oil fields are now being trans are now seeing um, development opportunities transcend generations that were thought that were done and now you're seeing it in the Anadarko Basin um, and the stack particularly and so for us that is our focus that is our largest play in the portfolio and it continues to grow and be an area of what we think to be great opportunity um, and getting better and better each day more and more is known about it. We have two other plays in the portfolio, no less in quality, um, but they're all in the same region. And so the other is considered a maze play and the third is a Woodford play. And those are all sort of source rocks that are well known to the region, been there. Uh, been developed vertically in, in various different time periods over history. But to us, they all have consistent themes. Um, high upside, low entry costs, and strong buyer's entry due to the HPP land position we control in each one.
0: Catch us up to speed since our last interview. You have updates on a joint venture and an acquisition. So
1: by no means as a small oil company do we believe that we have all the answers to how best to develop the stack and so we thought best to partner and do a couple of joint ventures with other deep experienced teams that we have a lot of respect for and vice versa on a couple of our flanks one being our western flank and the other being our northern flank um, and each one of those we had a very specific target in mind on the western flank the joint venture there was focused on understanding the development of the Marimac, which is the shale portion of the stack play. The other joint venture, which was our northern joint venture, was focused on the development of the lower Osage, um, which dominates our portfolio. So we have round number 700 feet of lower Osage rock that is pervasive um, from our eastern to our western flank of our of our, of our now 17,000, 16,000 acres um, in the play. So the first joint venture was all about developing the Merrimack, um, which was the Wardrum well, and that has turned out to be an outstanding well. So far, so good. Um, 950 BOEs a day was its peak IP. 30-day was 750. And 60-day moving average has been over 450. So right on line with our tight curve, um, came in under cost from a drilling perspective, so everything about the Merrimack and the Wardroom has been real positive for us on our western acreage, so pretty excited about that. Um, the Sword Spear drilled exactly as we thought it would be. Um, frack went as we thought it would go, and because it's lower Osage, the flowback takes longer. Uh, you tend to see you know, peak, or you tend to see production somewhere after the first 30 days of flowback, post 10% of recovery. Um, and then you'll see peak, you know, 30 days somewhere after day 60, probably around 75 to hundred. So being a small craft oil company, we need to be a little more patient because we don't have eight rigs running. Um, and so that our, our wells tend to deliver results, um, not in, not in as quick a batches as you would get from just sort of a, a major or a very large independent. So, you know, we're very well by well focused. Um, We will, you know, continue down the path of doing, you know, high science with each well so that we have more and more understanding of the acreage. Um, But we are very excited to see the results of the sword spear. We think it's going to take another, you know, 30 to 60 days. Uh, That's our guess at this point, but everything we've seen so far indicates that that will be uh, a very positive experience for us um, the next the next set of opportunities will be probably not too dissimilar to the last with the sword spear um, it's just a question of where will the next location be
0: so to confirm here the targets met and or exceeded expectations is that correct sir so far they did maurice that's correct and and just remind listeners here on this acquisition here we basically doubled our acreage package is that correct
1: we, we did. So we are opportunistic and we've been that way since the beginning. That is not new for us.
0: Switching gears, Brian, what is the next unanswered question for Jericho Oil? When can we expect an answer and what determines success?
1: So I think the next unanswered question for us is, is that, you know, capital um, and continued development. So we will look for you know, to to bring on two more wells before year end, and then to move to a full field development program. So the question will be, you know, how do we grow post that? Um, and I think we'll have an answer to that, you know, as we get closer to the end of the third quarter for us.
0: Now, if Plan A fails, what is Plan B?
1: So I think Plan Plan A is the stack. Um, plan B would be. To move the capital in, and in and, and some st- some extent we already do this, but to move more capital into developing one of the two formations in the stack, um, and then adding one of our second formation, one of our second assets into the mix, um, you know, to us the stack has a lot of value, and we think it may take a little bit to figure it out. You know, drilling wells is a science, but it's also an art. And we've seen nothing that suggests that the stack can't be all that we think it can be in terms of the opportunity. It just may take a little bit of time to figure it out, Maurice.
0: Mr. Williamson, what keeps you up at night that we don't know about?
1: Volatility. So we continue to see, you know, massive movements almost on a daily basis in the price of hydrocarbons, um, particularly oil. And it seems to be that you know, everyone is trying to read the tea leaves and guess where prices are going. What what you'll see is, is that the market would tell you that it has very little confidence in long-term oil prices, which is disappointing to us because we believe that there is there is not a lot of places to go right now where you're going to find um, you know significantly accretive. Oil-producing formations around the world, and we are believers that the best locations in the known plays um, have been or will be all drilled out in the next 12 to 18 months. So you will be drilling B and C and D locations, which you know to ascribe the same consistent results to would be would be inappropriate. So to us, we. We see the idea of backwardation in the prices as something that's a concern because it shows the market has no long-term belief um, in oil prices and, and at this level, um, and we just think that that's completely inappropriate in what we're seeing in the field at the field level.
0: You know, I'm going to play devil's advocate here as a
1: shareholder. With lower oil
0: prices, does that mean an opportunity to acquire more land?
1: Um, it, it takes more than that, Maurice. Unfortunately, because landowners are now conditioned for a higher price environment again, um, you you tend to get, you know, that that same mentality from hundred dollar oil to these quick run ups. They jump right they jump right up in terms of price. So you need to be patient in how you approach the landowners because if there's a mass rush, they they're very sophisticated when it comes to selling their minerals, and they will be immediately. Um, looking to to achieve a higher bonus in their sale.
0: Last question: What did I forget to ask?
1: So I think for us, the question that you know the people forget to ask is is that what makes you know you guys so interesting and the stack so interesting to you? And I think one of the things that gets lost is, is that you know each stack well delivers at sixty dollar oil three and a half million dollars of P V ten value to our company. So if you look at that and say, well how many locations do you have? We have two hundred locations. Right. So if you look at that and and, and model that out, you're looking at seven hundred million dollars of P V ten value. Now obviously, you know, that's post drilling those wells and we have to drill those wells, but that's the upside that's Jericho. Right, and it's not so easy to see because as a small oil company, we've only done a handful of things in the play. But that $700 million of PV 10 value is the upside that exists in Jericho right now.
0: Brian, we want to thank you for coming on the show today. Before you leave, for someone listening that wants to get more information regarding Jericho Oil, please share the contact details.
1: Yeah, thanks, Maurice, and thanks for having me. So Jericho Oil is traded on the TSX Venture under the symbol JCO and over-the-counter under the symbol JRoof. If you have any questions at all, please feel free to reach out to Adam or Beaner. Adam can be reached at 604-343-4534, or you can email at investorrelations at jerichooil.com.
0: And last but not least, please visit our website, www.provenimprobable.com where we interview the most respected names in the natural resource space. You may reach us at contact at provenimprobable.com And as a reminder for our listeners, we want to share that Jericho Oil is a sponsor of Proven and Probable and that we're proud shareholders of Jericho Oil for the virtues conveyed in today's message. Brian Williamson of Jericho Oil, thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable.